Crossroads. We are wrapping up our series today called This Changes Everything, and we're basing this on the fact that when you encounter Jesus, He really does come in and change everything. Uh, is there anyone here who just wants to give some praise to how Jesus has changed your life and lift up His name today? Yeah. I think we need to just pause and acknowledge that because that is very, very real. It's not just something that we say. It's just not, you know, some platitude. Jesus changes everything. And if you've encountered his love, if you've encountered his grace, experienced his forgiveness, if you've been set free, you know that it changes everything. That is your experience. That is your story. And no one can take that away from you. And I just want to encourage you today that because of Jesus, we do have hope. He changes everything. And so no matter where you find yourself in life, no matter what valley you're walking through, I want you to know today that there is hope in Jesus. He offers us forgiveness. He offers us hope for a future. He sets us free. And that's the God that we serve. He loves us with an incredible love. And I just want you to know today that he is with you uh, no matter where you find yourself at today. I'm excited to conclude this series today. We've been talking about really important segments of our life where we realize when we encounter Jesus and the love that he have for us, or has for us, he really does change everything. Uh, the first week of the series, we talked about our pride. Like <laughs> the reality is our culture is all about us, right? It's building up my own ego. I've got this. I'm pretty amazing. We're all the center of our own universe. We've all got our own YouTube channels and we're Insta-famous and all that good stuff. It's all about us. And the reality is when we encounter Jesus, it changes that. We're supposed to model the humility that Jesus had when he came to planet earth and, and suffered and died on that cross for us. He, being God in the flesh, didn't come to be served, didn't come to make a kingdom of his own. No, he led the way with humility and that's what we are to model. It's, it's in humility that we find this life that God has called us to. And then we take that to the next level. We have this message that is bombarding us from our culture that it's all about living in the moment. It's all about living for, for pleasure of the day and, and doing everything I can just to kind of numb myself to the things around me and just, just be happy by pursuing pleasure. And man, life is so much more than that. If you always take the easy road, if you never pursue anything that has any actual eternal significance, you're going to realize you missed the life that you were created for. Jesus said in John 10, I am the gate. Anyone who wants to experience this life, this life to the full, this life that you were created for, it goes through me. Jesus is unequivocal about this. I am the life that you are looking for. It's not in this life filled with pleasure. That's always going to take you farther down the road that you ever wanted to go. It's always going to overpromise and underdeliver. That's not where life is lived. No, life is lived chasing after Jesus. And I want to challenge you today, man, that is where life is lived to the fullest. Don't, don't buy the lie that the devil tries to plant in your brain. Don't buy the, the marketing that this world has given you. That's not where life is lived. Man, life is lived chasing after Jesus and just saying yes to him every single day. He's the gate. That's the life you're looking for. Last week, we talked about the power of serving. Everyone in, in, in this world is, is pursuing power, right? Get as much power as they can. They want to have some control. They want to have some influence. Again, it's not about our pride. It's not about our ego. It's not about just here and now. It's not about us. Jesus said absolute with clarity to his disciples, if you want to be great, it's exactly opposite of how this, this world measures power and greatness. If you want to be great, he says, you actually have to serve. Humble yourself and serve others. And there's the challenge, right? Use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to serve him. 
to invest in the kingdom, to invest in the life that He created you for because He gave every single one of us gifts and abilities to use for Him, for His glory. He created you to do things that He prepared for you right now from the beginning of time. I want to challenge you, Crossroads, don't miss those opportunities. God has created you for this moment, for such a time as this. Don't allow yourself to sit on the sidelines and miss the game, all right? Listen, that was me my freshman year of high school. My basketball career ended with me sitting a whole season on the bench. I played a total of about 12 minutes and, for the record, scored about 12 points in those 12 minutes. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, it was their loss. It was their loss. Let's just be real. Their loss for sure. Uh, But let me tell you, it's no fun sitting on the bench and watching the game unfold. And there's only so many times you can high-five your friends and say, good work out there. I'm getting sore. I'm getting a blister from sitting on this bench. It's just no fun, right? It's no fun. Don't let it pass you by. Man, God created you for something amazing. Uh, Engage with the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And that leads us today. We're talking about our possessions. And man, I want to tell you right out of the gate— The promise of this world is that, man, you're going to find your happiness. You're going to find your security and find your fulfillment in your pursuit and accumulation of your stuff and your wealth and your money. And I want to tell you that's just another lie. Jesus comes on the scene and changes everything. And I want to tell you today, money is not evil. Money is not bad in itself. But I will say this, it's very clear in Scripture, the love of that money, it is the root of all kinds of evil. And it's all about priorities, And I want to challenge you today with with something that I believe to be true. We see this in Scripture as a principle over and over again. When it comes to our possessions, when it comes to the things that, that God gives us, and make no mistake, everything you have is a blessing from God, How we honor him with with our stuff, with our possessions, with our wealth, it, it matters. God doesn't care about your money, all right? He cares about your heart. And I don't want you to forget that today. If you don't think of or remember anything else from today, remember that. He doesn't care about your stuff, your money, what you bring to the table. He cares about your heart. And I want you to keep that in mind as we dive in today because at the end of the day, it comes down to our relationship with Jesus. He wants us to be able to trust him. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's me being willing to step out of my comfort zone every single day and just say yes to Jesus. Whatever God is asking me to do, whatever that next step is in my relationship, my journey with him, he's just asking me to say yes. That's how we become the people God created us to be. There's no, you know, magic formula, you know, you know there's no lightning strike moment. That's the life. Do I trust Jesus enough to be obedient? And when he asks me to take a next step, am I willing to surrender what I want and say yes? Am I willing to trust that the life that God has for me is better than the life that I can plan and dream of for myself? Let's just think about that. God doesn't care about our stuff. He cares about your heart. So here's what it says in Matthew 16. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples, which again, I remind you, it's never any fun when this happens, right? Jesus goes to work. You're like, oh no, here we go. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. That's Jesus circling this concept. Hey, I need you to trust me. Let go of the driver's seat. Let go of the wheel. Let me drive. That's us trusting. That's us saying yes to Jesus every single day. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. He says, follow me and I'll show you how. Don't take the easy way, let God stretch you, let him take you out of your comfort zone. That's where the growth happens. He says this, self-help is no help at all. 
Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? I mean, Jesus is going deep here, right? He's talking about things that have eternal significance. And he asks a really great question. I mean, he's Jesus, so it's, it's of course, a great question. But he says, what is it that you could possibly on this temporary earth, what is it that could possibly be so valuable that you would be willing to trade your eternal destiny, your very soul for? That helps us keep things in perspective. It keeps things in the right priority in our life. What is it in your life that's worth trading your soul for? Well, the answer is nothing. And yet we allow all of these things to distract us from the life that God has called us to, whether I'm grappling with my pride or, you know, the search for pleasure, that endless pursuit, my, my power, my possessions, they're all distractions. And he's saying, what's, what is it? What are you looking for? What, what's the deal that's worth trading your soul for? Don't allow yourself to, to be pulled into that lie. That the earth is, the world is promising all kinds of things that never satisfy. Overpromises and underdelivers every single time. Don't fall into that trap. And here's something I want to challenge you with today. I believe this to be true with all my heart. I will lose myself if I put all of my trust in my possessions. Can we just stop and consider that for a second? And whenever we talk about money, I get it. You're like, oh, the pastor's talking about money. Oh, here we go. Some of you are already, you know, on Facebook seeing what's new and what other, are there other pastors preaching today about something else? I'd rather listen to that. <laughs> Quick, turn off the lights. I want to see the phones. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't really. Uh, it's uncomfortable talking about money. And why is that? Well, it's, it's because that's where we find, you know, our happiness, right? That's where we're hardwired and, and trained in our culture to say, well, my money is where I find my happiness and my fulfillment. That's my security. That's kind of like the last, you know, bastion of defense that I have in my life. And, and what Jesus is calling us to is to this place where we're willing to trust him, all right, and when, when we say, God, I recognize you're calling me down this path, that you're calling me to this kind of life, to live generously and not be consumed by greed, to recognize that everything you've blessed me with, I can use to be a blessing to others, we start missing out on the life that God has called us to because we're holding on to what we perceive as something that we have control over that, that can bring us more satisfaction than, than God could possibly bring to us by being generous, right? And that's where the problem happened. That's where the tension lives, and that's why this is such a difficult conversation to have with so many people because it's kind of like that last frontier, right? It's the last thing we hold on to. And why is it that we have such a hard time trusting Jesus with our finances? Like, what is it that it has that much of a hold on our lives? I think about uh, when we dedicate our children to Jesus. Guys, next week is Mother's Day. Like, don't forget, all right? It's Mother's Day. We're celebrating moms everywhere. Let's give it up for your mom today. Give it up for moms everywhere. Thank you, mom. Now, it's a beautiful moment when we dedicate our children to Jesus, right? We're going to experience that together as a church family next week. It's going to be a beautiful moment. And what does that mean? That means, holy cow, like I'm a parent. Is anybody with me like the, the moment where you had your first child? I remember when Carter was born and it instantly hit me. Boom, my life just got real. Like God has entrusted me with this baby human and it's an eternal soul. Like I am completely overwhelmed in this moment right now. Like life just got much more significant, a lot more real and a lot more meaningful. And what do you do in those moments? You're like, 
God, I need you. Like, I'm surrendering my child to you. Our child is yours. What a beautiful moment that is of dedication and surrender. I am trusting God with my child. Like, that's a big deal. And then we think about like our eternal destiny. Like when I take my last breath on planet earth, I am entrusting the care of my soul to Jesus. Like I'm trusting that when I take my last breath, I I take my first look in eternity, I'm trusting that Jesus is there that he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, and welcome me into his kingdom. That, that's the goal, right? Like, that's the plan. Like, God, I'm trusting you with my soul. So I trust Jesus with my kids. I trust Jesus with my eternal destiny. And then Jesus is like, hey, live generously. Ah, that's my money. <laughs> that's how it goes. Just being honest. <laughs> And I want to challenge you to fight through that today because, oh, you guys, the life that God is calling you to is on the other side of you letting go of that. Joy and generosity are part of the life that God has called us to. And I just want you to think about what that looks like in your life. And if I can be candid, I'm so incredibly proud of our church family because back in September, October, we decided we were going all in. And, and what that means for us is we're answering that question, what would it look like if all of us were all in? And we have so many people who've joined us that are new in the last six months. I, I got to do a quick recap. We had this realization as a church that God will take us as far as we let him, right? Like the only limit to the impact that we can have for the kingdom in our communities is going to be the level of generosity that we have. Like whatever we're willing to invest in the mission and in the kingdom, man, God is going to take that and multiply it and, and fulfill his purpose and plan. The only limit to, to how God can use us is the level of generosity, how far we're willing to go. And so we asked this question, what would it look like if all of us actually were all in? Like every single one of us investing, like taking a next step in generosity and in investing in the kingdom what would it look like if all of us were involving ourselves in ministry, serving in the ministries of the church and, and inviting people to a changed life? What would that look like? What kind of a movement would that begin? And I'll tell you this, you guys, just since October, we've already baptized 65 people celebrating lives that have been changed by Jesus. Think about that. Think about that. There's a movement that has begun. Our goal is we're going all in and we're making it our, our big audacious goal that we're going to see a thousand people baptized by the end of 2025. That's our goal. We're trying to invite as many outsiders as we can to a changed life. And we believe that if we're willing to go all in, that there's no limit to what God can do. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm thrilled. The stories are already starting to come in. Lives are being changed because we're willing to step out of our comfort zone and lead the way in generosity and crossroads. You've, you've done an amazing job out of the gate. We're, we're investing in the kingdom and it's making a difference. And so I want to challenge you today, when, when we talk about this topic, man, I think it's real, we lose ourselves when we put all of our trust in our stuff. We get consumed by everything that's temporary, and I just want to challenge you today, I want to circle this in your life and in mine, it's something I have to visit in myself all the time. Make sure that your finances, your money, that chase after wealth and possessions doesn't consume you, that you keep it in the right place, because money itself is not bad. But the love of money, if it's the wrong priority in your life, it's the root of all kind of evil. And you're going to miss out on everything that God's calling you to. And I don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And I don't want to miss a single thing that God has in store for me. And it's my responsibility that it leads us all on that journey together so that none of us 
we'll miss out on a single thing that God has in store for us. Let's go on this journey together. Let's keep saying yes to Jesus. Let's keep becoming more like him. Let's walk through the gate. Jesus himself who says, I am the gate. I am the way to the life that you're looking for. Let's stop holding on to our own way of doing things and actually trust him. And if the last frontier is our wealth and our finances and we're holding on to our stuff, man, I'm challenging you today to trust Jesus with your stuff. Because man, I'm telling you, the life you're looking for is through Jesus. And if we just are willing to follow him, it changes everything. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six. This is um, an excerpt from the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever told. And if you're here today, you're like, oh, pastor's talking about money today. Just know this is a clip from the greatest sermon ever. So you're welcome. Okay. No, I've had like two and a half Diet Mountain Dews today. Maybe that was funnier to me than it was to you. Okay, it says this in Matthew 6. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Man, isn't that the truth? (laughs) The first foray that I had into making money, uh, if you'll recall my life story, I started working at Martin's Supermarkets as a bag boy back in the day, and I invested all of my hard-earned money at $4.25 an hour uh, into buying a 1984 Nissan Sentra hatchback. And it was not a cool car at all. It It was a terrible car, but it was my car. And it ended up being more like a the Bondo and painted over rust spots than it really was metal. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a lot of rust on that bad boy. Uh, and I will say this, I invested a lot of my money early on in the perfect sound system for this terrible car. In fact, the sound system was actually probably worth more than the car itself. I don't know if anybody else is a child, you know, who grew up in the 90s and that was your thing and you're, you're like that guy. That was me. I, I, if, if someone drove by your house and you were like, where's that bass coming from? Why is it vibrating my windows? I apologize. That might have been me. I apologize. Uh, It's possible that on three different occasions, uh, after investing in a great sound system for my car, that people broke into my car and stole that sound system. That happened to me three times. And it's such a terrible experience. Like tears were shed. God, is there no God? I had a detachable face CD player. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares. Okay. It was meaningful to me. But Jesus makes a great point, right? Like, hey, what do you invest in your life in? Don't store up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. He says, no, do something better. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. You can invest something that is temporary and something that has eternal value. Think about how amazing that is. And I would challenge you today, make it your goal that not a day goes by where you don't invest something, uh, a time, talent, treasure, in, in something that has eternal value. Make, make sure that every day counts for eternity, you guys. Don't, don't miss that, right? Make sure you're making it count. Because we have one chance at this life, right? We have so many beautiful, precious years on this, on this earth to make a difference. And we can invest something that is temporary in something that is eternal. And that's what Jesus is pointing out. And then he makes this statement. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's really important. What, what is more important to you? If it's, if it's actually saying yes to Jesus and living generously and, and saying, God, whatever you're wanting from me, the answer is yes. If that's your priority, then no problem. 
But if, if God's asking you to take a step of faith and to trust him and you're saying, God, that sounds cool and all, but you know what? I'm trying to hit this goal with my finances and I'm cool over here. I'm telling you, you're playing a dangerous game because you're limiting what God can do in your life and you're missing out on the good life that he has called you to. You're missing out on opportunities to invest in the kingdom and live into that purpose, live into that plan that he created you for. And I, man, I just got to say it, don't let these opportunities pass you by. God, at the end of the day, he doesn't care about your money. He cares about your heart. He wants you to experience this life to the fullest. And you guys, we've made so many strides in this as a church family. I just want to keep this as a general reminder. Man, joy and generosity are, are part of the life that God has called us to, and they go hand in hand. You want to live life to the fullest? Don't buy the lie that you need X amount of dollars or you're falling into that trap of always needing more and more and more, never having enough. Don't let that chase consume you. Man, live generously. Make sure that when God speaks to you, you're, you're willing to step out and live generously and invest in eternity. Don't let your love of money distract you from living the life that God has called you to. I challenge you with this idea today. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Can you just think about that for a second? Man, again, he doesn't care about your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, it says. He's going to get it done, all right? Just know this. He, he invites us to be a part of that process. How amazing is that? We get to be a part of that process. We've got this vision for Crossroads, inviting thousands of outsiders to a changed life, baptizing a thousand people by 2025. We get to be a part of that journey. We get to be a part of that process. We get to help change people's lives, but it's God that's doing it. And the only limit to the level of our impact is the willingness of, of ourselves to live generously. How far will you go? Will you let this hold you back? Or, or will you say, no, I, my heart's not going to be divided. I'm not serving two ma masters. My, my treasure is in heaven. I'm, I want to seek God first. I mean, because that's what God's calling us to. He, he cares about your heart. He goes on to say in verse 22, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When you are focusing on the right things, right, then life is good. When you're focusing on the kingdom of heaven, you're willing to say yes and trust Jesus. Man, life is good. But then he says, but when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is, when, when the desire of your heart, when your highest priority is actually something that is just temporary, it's a dead end, it has no eternal value, and that's all you're able to focus on. Jesus is saying, hey, that's a pretty deep darkness. God's over here calling you to the good life. Let's go. And all you can see is what is temporary. You're missing out on what God has in store for you. Listen, don't fall into that trap. Don't miss out on a single thing that God has for you by being focused on the wrong thing. This is what Jesus is circling. I know this is good preaching because it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's the best sermon ever. It says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be voted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. In the old school, in the King James, it says this idea of mammon. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Uh, I love this concept that mammon is, it's a very spiritual thing. It's that lie. It's that deception that money is what gives us all of our fulfillment. Money is what fulfills all the promises that we're looking for. That's where I find my satisfaction. That's where I find my security. That's the deceitfulness of that, that spirit of mammon. And, and he's saying you can't serve both of those things. Only one of those things satisfies, and that's Jesus. He's the gate. 
you go through him to find the life that you're looking for. And I just, I want to encourage you in the strongest ways today. Don't let that chase for more, that, that focus on money to miss out, allow you to miss out on anything that God has for you today. Don't, don't be distracted and, and, and try to serve two masters. We, we try to do that. That's a trap we fall into in every area of our life, right? When it comes to our pride, when it comes to the life of pleasure, the seeking after more power and our possessions, what's the trap we fall into? It's the holy hug. We try to hold on to a little bit of both worlds. Like, well, I've got this part of the world. I really, it's gonna be hard for me to let go of this. Jesus, you would understand if I have a little bit of this and we just try to hold on to as enough of Jesus as we can and like hold on to the world. Like, I'm pretty good here. I think I'm living my best life. And you're just hanging on by a thread. Why do we do that? Let it go. Lean into the life that Jesus has called you to. Embrace that because it is good. He has a purpose and a plan for you that's amazing and that is fulfilled in our lives daily. Again, when we just say yes to Jesus, when when we trust him. Don't miss out on a thing that he has for you. I contend today that I will find myself if I put all of my trust in Jesus. I just have to trust him. I've got to take those steps of faith and say, God, I I trust your plan for my life more than I trust my own. And instead of focusing on this stuff that is temporary, I'm going to focus on you. And I think there's three principles that if we put into place, we can experience this fully in our lives. The the grace of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the presence of Jesus. I I really believe that we're going to experience the fullness of his presence in our lives when we embrace these principles and do life his way instead of our way. I think number one, we have to make it a goal in our, in our own lives personally to put God first financially. I think that is just a, a principle we all have to learn to live by and accept, that God wants all of me. It's not all of me except your money. He's saying all of me. This is all of you. It's not that he wants to clean you out and make you broke and make you desperate. No, it's exactly opposite. Joy and generosity are part of the, the lifestyle that God has called us to. And he says in Matthew 6, he's still going on. He says, so don't worry about these things, that these temporary things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. If you don't have Jesus in your life, that's what dominates your, your thoughts. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. You can trust him. He says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else. He's your highest priority. And live righteously. That's me saying yes to Jesus every day. And he will give you everything you need. God provides. God satisfies. God fulfills. He gives you that purpose. He gives you that hope. That life is found in him. It comes by putting him first in every area of our lives. Are you willing to trust Jesus with this area of your life? And the next challenge is this, grow in the grace of giving. I mean, we talk about growing in different areas of our spiritual lives, growing in our relationship with Jesus. But what's very interesting is in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul specifically challenges us to grow in this grace of giving, of leading the way in generosity. He says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, which I had stolen three times out of my car, your knowledge... Oh, it's a different kind of speakers. Your, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, he makes one final challenge. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Like, live generously. Flex the muscle, boom, of generosity. Here's what I want you to do. This is a, 
This is an activity we're all going to do together no matter where you're watching today. Mishawaka, St. Pete, Nashville, online, wherever you're at in this room, what I want you to do is flex right now. Just do it. Flip, pop them. Yep. Look at your neighbor. Just be like, yep. Nice work. Nice work. I see that. I see that. I say, nice work. Nice work. Go to the gym. Nice work. <laughs> I'm kidding. And whoever I was pointing at, I don't know who I was pointing at. If, I'm so sorry. Go to the gym. Okay, so, <laughs> I don't know. Boom! When it comes to, like, flexing the muscle of generosity, he's like saying, hey, that's how you grow, right? Just start doing it. And I want to, uh, guys, take baby steps if you need to. Generosity is where it's at. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines in generosity, listen, no judgment, I'm not angry. But here's the thing. If you're recognizing that God's take, calling you to take a next step, say yes. And you just say, giving's just not been a thing for me. I challenge you today, take that first step. Just become an initial giver. Just start giving what you can, what comes to mind, and see how God doesn't show up and honor you for living generously. Maybe that's been your story. You give every now and then, you've made that initial step, and now you're going, you know what, I want to give more regularly. Well, then that's a step that you can take and say yes to Jesus. If Jesus is challenging you today to be an intentional giver, like, hey, I'm going to start making goals, and I really want to make it a serious part of my life. I want to be known for generosity. I want to leave a legacy of generosity. I want to uh, invest in the kingdom and, and make an eternal difference. Then make that your goal and make that your next step. You might be sitting there going, man, God has really blessed me, and I want to be a radical giver. I want to make a huge difference for the kingdom by leading with generosity. Then take that next step. Know this, that's not a step I'm asking you to take. You need to listen to what Jesus is asking you to take and don't hold back. Just say yes to Jesus. And I promise you this, you're never going to regret leading the way in generosity. You're not going to get to the end of your life and say, Oh, I wish I'd given less. I, that never is how it makes sense. You get to the end of life, and you're like, I wish I would have given more. Guys, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I really believe this. I think you're going to be angry at me in eternity. Like, Tim, I wish you would have hounded us a little more about giving because my house would have been a little bit bigger here in heaven had you uh, had pushed me a little bit farther. We're going to come to the end of life and realize we had all these chances to take what God gave us that is temporary and turn it into an eternal investment in the kingdom. I'm just saying today, don't let those opportunities pass you by. Don't miss a single thing that God has for you because you want to be greedy. You want to serve two masters or serve the wrong master. Make sure that you're trusting Jesus with this part of your life. I, I say this again, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. He's the gate. The life that you're looking for goes through him. And we have to be willing to trust that when he says, hey, I want you to flex that muscle of generosity. Don't fall into the trap of serving two masters. Put God first. We have to trust that when that's what God says to us, if we're willing to take that step of faith and be obedient and follow him, he's going to be faithful. And this is a powerful verse in Malachi that points to this idea that we can trust in God's promise, all right? Malachi, you see God speaking to the Israelites and they've not been faithful giving back to him like he has required in the law. And this is an amazing interaction between God and the people of Israel. God says to them right out of the gate, should people cheat God, which is terrifying. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine, just put yourself, this is how I think, just so you get inside my mind. You're playing like a game, like a one of my favorite cards, you're playing euchre. Anybody know what euchre is anymore? You even play? You're playing euchre. You're playing euchre with God and you've been dealing yourself jacks off the bottom of the deck. You're like, oh, look, I win again. 
And then God says to you, should people cheat God? Are you cheating me? Like, oh, no. That's how my mind thinks. I know, it's weird. He says, though, yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Well, this is getting serious. He says, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, catch this. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That is an incredible promise from God. He's saying, you think you can outgive me? <laughs> Put me to the test. See how I don't make it rain blessing on you, all right? This is a good thing. And I don't, I don't want to get confused here for a second, that this gospel of prosperity. Like, I, it's not, hey, if you give $20, God will give you $40. This is your pathway to success. That, that's not what we're talking about. This is much more significant He's saying, man, if you lead the way in generosity, if you're faithful in what I've asked you to give, if you're willing to be generous and not let your finances have that stranglehold on your life, man, just see how I'm going to show up in your life. When you trust me with that last frontier of what you've been holding on to for your security and your happiness, and you actually trust me, man, you're not going to believe how I show up in your life. You're not going to see, you're not going to believe how you see me moving and working in you and through you. He's saying, try me, put me to the test. What an incredible promise and a statement that that is. And so I challenge you today, I, Jesus wants us to trust him. Don't let this, this fear of letting go hold you back from experiencing life to the fullest. Don't be, don't be consumed by greed. Don't serve the wrong master. In fact, don't even let your heart be divided. I'm challenging you today just to let go. Whatever it is that's holding you back, and just say yes to Jesus. Trust him with everything that you've got. This, this last frontier of our finances is a difficult one to let go of, but the reality is God is always asking us to trust him, to take these next steps toward him. And it's always uncomfortable, but that's where the growth happens, right? That's what we've been talking about. There's no growth in the comfort zone, and there's no comfort in the growth zone. It's always a little bit uncomfortable, but that's God going to work on us. That's God saying, hey, you're not in the driver's seat I am. You've got to let go and, and trust me. I want to challenge you today. Make sure you're not holding back. Make sure you're leading the way in generosity. That life that you're looking for, that life that changes everything, it goes through Jesus. And if you're willing every single day to just keep saying yes to Jesus, you guys, that's where life is lived to the fullest. That's where you make sure you don't miss out on a single thing that God has for you. That's where you find yourself investing every single day in things that have eternal value. And that's what I want for all of us today. Will you put your trust in Jesus? Don't hold back. What's God asking you to trust him with? Would you just stop and think about that today as we come to a close? What's God asking you to trust him with? What's the next step that he's asking you to take? I believe with all of my heart that the life that we're looking for, all of us, it, it comes through Jesus. And I challenge you today, you can put your trust in him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me as we come to a close today? Would you just take a chance here just to take a minute, wherever you're at, would you just take a moment and draw close to Jesus? Would you just ask him that question? God, what are you asking me to trust you with? Would you be willing to listen to what it is that he's speaking into your heart? Would you be willing to respond with obedience? Say, God, I, I surrender. God, whatever you're asking me for, 
The answer is yes. Because those are the most beautiful and sacred moments, those moments of surrender where you find yourself exactly where God created you to be. You find yourself living that life that God called you to experience. That's where it's at. Don't let an opportunity pass you by. Make sure every single day you're saying yes to Jesus, that you are fully putting your trust in him. As we come to a close, I I do want to take a chance to say something because I don't want to assume for a minute that there's someone here who hasn't taken that initial step of putting their trust in Jesus. I want you to know that when you say yes to Jesus for the first time, when you say, Jesus, I need you, forgive me, I've sinned and, and I need you, that's a moment that changes everything. That's the moment when the dead come to life, the lost are found, everything changes. And I want to make sure that everybody has an invitation today to a changed life. And so if you're here today, if you're joining us and you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time, I'm inviting everyone. Would you just stand with me as we come to a close? And I'm inviting you for the very first time, if you need to pray this prayer, would you join us in praying this prayer out loud? And may this be a moment where many people today for the first time say yes to Jesus and take that first step toward him, that that first step of trusting him. Can we pray this prayer together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And if you've experienced that change in your life, can we just give God the praise and the glory? That's how we started today, and that's how I want to finish, because it's his love that changes everything. And I want to invite you to keep saying yes and to fully trust him with every area of your life. Listen, if you're here today and you said yes to Jesus for the first time, I want to invite you to say hello to Pastor Keith. Come up and say hi to him after the service. We've got a gift for you. We're going to give you a brand new Bible and help you take these next steps in your faith because everything has changed and we want to celebrate that with you today. And before we go, we're going to sing one more song and I would just love to close in a word of prayer. Just thank Jesus for what he's done here today. So would you bow your head and close your eyes with me one more time? God, you're good. And we just pause to say thank you for making it possible to live this life that you created us for. Jesus, we just say today as as a church family, we are here and we are putting our trust in you. God, may it be the desire of, of all of our hearts that when you speak, whenever you ask us a question, whenever you ask us to take a next step in our faith out of our comfort zone, God, that whatever that ask is, that our answer will always be yes. May we trust you. And, and have no doubt of the trust that we have in you because, God, you are faithful and you are worthy. And so, God, we thank you for all you've done and we look forward with great anticipation to what you're going to do. We pray this in your name and together we say, amen.